Hello and welcome back everybody. Uh, this episode uh, what I'd like to do is answer that question that I hear a lot of people asking. How did we get here? Why, is, why are things like this? Um, how can those people get away with uh, what they're getting away with? Because it doesn't make any sense. So I don't know, I guess this really would... Uh, and there, you probably have a few questions of your own you've been asking, but they're they're kind of similar. They're somewhat connected, and I really think that uh, uh, one of the most important things to kind of keep in the mind, it kind of it may, maybe makes coming up with your answers or spotting things a little easier, is to realize that there's this symbiotic, like man of war type relationship between Antifa, BLM, and politics. Of, uh, the politicians in one particular party or persuasion, um, and I think um, you know the, the the media. There's there are other players clearly, uh, and perhaps their role and their activities haven't been talked about enough. But these are really the big ones because um, what we have uh, is a group of people who've probably approached each other uh, with a common cause and. And, and none of them would be able to survive on their own uh, to be able to pull off what they're doing these days. And I think the big, one of the big ones is, I, it's a theory, of course, uh, but I'd like to think that uh, Antifa uh, approached Black Lives Matter because Antifa, on its own, would look really stupid jumping in front of television cameras and demanding Marxist laws and... Uh, horrible failed ideas would be should become commonplace in countries like America in you know developed nations where things could be fine-tuned improved but instead they've got this whole defeatist kind of attitude so I think Antifa approached BLM and said hey listen we're gonna piggyback on your we, our plan is we're going to pretend and start to convince people that these uh, suicide by cop, police-involved shootings, we're going to pretend like everybody's innocent and um, it's the police who are bad, that these weren't criminals. And, and the perfect case in this uh, is Michael Brown, the death of Michael Brown. And it sucks that the man is dead, young man. But... Um, None of the witnesses, uh, nobody there, offered any type of testimony that was reliable that suggests that Michael Brown did not charge at the officer, Darren Wilson. Um, and to this day, we still have members of Congress insisting that he was a gentle giant and he was wrongly killed. Uh, he charged at a police officer after he tried to reach into the vehicle, choke the, the officer, and take his his weapon. Uh, he shot off part of his own hand in the vehicle while it was still holstered, I believe. Um, and Eric Holder was looking into that. Obama's a wingman. So if there was uh, any chance that the officer had done something wrong, it should have been found really easy by then. And I'm what I'm saying. I guess what I should say is I'm grateful that they weren't as aggressive and illegal uh, and unconstitutional as they are now because they like making shit up anyways. 
several law enforcement agencies that they there were there were there was a team of investigators working on that and the doj's final report on that is pretty lengthy but that's the kind of garbage lies nonsense they're pushing still so when it comes to this relationship uh why would democrats be in on it these marxist democrats well because they have they found a, a way to benefit to get uh, to uh, receive a you know to gain something that they would otherwise not have had any opportunity or chance or, or any likelihood of acquiring without jumping on this bandwagon so what we have are th basically three large packs of losers um, sticking together and with the media putting everything out there the way they are uh, it's actually convincing some people and again I think that whole uh, projection of power thing uh, we, we really need to have some kind of a way where people could we would actually have real polls like the entire country legitimate like vote on what's your position on this and we'd see that we've been lied to and the scale of the lie if we could do something like that because you know they're the extremely vocal people saying that uh, police are are waking up in the morning putting on their uniforms and, and targeting black people you know there's probably not anywhere near the number of people with that type of support a lot of people really have maybe not enough information to say hey I really don't know what's going on and that's and that's honest and true um, but I really get the feeling that the media wants everybody to think if you don't agree with them you're the uh, outlier and you need to have your you need to have your head examined so again Antifa well, let's be blunt about these groups here because, like I said, none of them would fare well on their own. Antifa would look like a... It would be more incredibly obvious what they're up to. The, you know, the anarchists and the, the take down all kinds of society. They wouldn't have any, any luck trying to do what they're actually... Have. It looks like they have a good shot at trying to, to accomplish on their own. Antifa would just be horrible. And BLM similarly would not have made it very far carrying signs saying we're tired of criminals committing suicide by cop because that's what we're up against crime and violence uh, are basically two of the most pernicious issues that plague black america i'm referring to the statistical reality of black on everyone else crime even if we follow the or say okay we're going to play your game we surrender on this we acquiesce we're going to follow your bizarre white people can't speak about black on black crime uh, i don't know if you've heard it. i've heard it many times and all i have to do is remind people that the national crime victimization survey has numbers and numbers are racist now too but those numbers are pretty clearly depict what the levels of violent victimizations are in america and black on white violent victimization is nearly 10 times that of white on black uh, so and here's the other the flip on that the the attempt to say to limit conversation from white people you know remember you can't talk about that you, you're not allowed to talk about that in a country that distributes burden is really wrong so you know you have people who are um, helping uh, cover the costs of inner city crime who don't live anywhere near the city and blue states are really good at doing this distributing that burden and 
you know, and I don't, I don't think such cost because that would be expanded because everything good that's done is abused at some point by these Marxists. So really, those costs in, in the distribution of the burden uh, ought to be indissoluble because that would be abused probably really bad at some point. And then we had Antifa, BLM, and what about the Democrats? And like I said, they wouldn't be able to say things like with all this. I think there's a media blitz, so you really can't sort through or sift through and and, and just retain the things that were actually that actually happened. So I really think the Democrats wouldn't be able to come out and say, uh, you know, hey, we got caught doing this, we got caught doing that, we got doing this. So, and we knew when they started counting Trump's lies, and then if you looked back, you'd say, realize, no, that wasn't really a lie. Um, you knew that that was to distract from what they'd been caught doing, the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, State Department, all the other stuff. So that's the whole, and when they have a louder megaphone, that's what some people are picking up. And then there's the people, like I said, pretending that um, they're the majority, uh, and this is kind of why we are where we are. So um, Democrats were able to benefit from this, and but they also needed BLM and Antifa. But they're all, the Democrats themselves, these Marxist Democrats, their overarching tax, tactic has been to spur people who have little or nothing to lose by fighting, even violently, uh, because the rest of us can't really do that when you have nothing to lose because you've made really bad choices in your life, you can actually just keep going down this path of criminality because get caught again, big deal. And they had that whole bail set up, bail fund set up and lawyers on retainer were just waiting to instantly have your charges dropped or whatever. Um, but I put together a little list and it's kind of tongue in cheek. And I call it the nasty coalition because you have different types of people, um, different walks that uh, you know banded together to make America a Marxist playground. And the first group I call the, the, are the perennials. They're the people who cannot string together, no matter how hard they try, a couple of years without felony charges of some kind in there. Um, and if you look back over the riots, some of these people were arrested uh, and bailed out two or three times a day for violent behavior during the riots. So that these people are, you know, they, they get these guys off the street to, um, and they wind them up and they set them out there and um, they cause chaos. Um, we do know that some of the Bernie bros were recruiting people who, who had uh, mental health issues. That's another nice trick, huh? The second group in this coalition are the leeches. These are people who are, I would categorize as very street-savvy folks, and they know how to spot an opportunity, and they know how to benefit from strife. So they grow their own little market by fomenting turmoil. And, um, you know, because we, uh, typical Americans, law-abiding citizens, we have a set of tools we can use uh, go through it and decide what to do. Uh, basically, if you had a, sh a shoe store, a family shoe store, and a uh, competitor set up shop across the street, like either another mom and pop or a uh, a chain, uh, 
we couldn't go across, walk across the street and burn their building down. But leeches wouldn't take that option off the table because they, like I said, they're street savvy. They know what they can get away with, and they know how to push things, and they know how to get to people, people to help them push those things. So, uh, attacking their their competi- competition, uh, they have no qualms about it. The third group in this coalition would be the provers, um, the fake people of color, the people of, that are well known, the celebrity type, uh, multiracials trying to prove something to be accepted into the community of color. Then there's the undergrounds, the last group of the coalition here. I'm sure there's you've probably observed and noticed other groups, but the undergrounds are the people who proudly uh, state they've never paid a dime in income tax because they do it, and they do it out of principle. Some do it because, like the leeches, they realize that going into this underground economy, it's a smaller economy, and like I said, you could you have con- some kind of control over it because there's really no rules. Just not, what do you think you can get away with and how much risk are they willing to take? So they can alter that environment that their little economy is in. Um, and they have enough will of violence and they can alter it. So at the end of the day, um, I think there's basically people's actions and efforts fall into three different kind, three different categories and one, the one in the middle is kind of a blend. But we have people who build the country we look at the laws, rules, social norms, and we know how to operate. That's what we do. We operate within those um, parameters, and we deliberately try to stay there. With these, and, and that's how you build a country. Uh, and then you have the people who I call it's the wash, who will build the country in public, and meanwhile, it, when uh, the lights go out, they're breaking the country. Um, I actually remember seeing an article about James Marshall, the guy who decided to shoot somebody who drove through their protest area uh, in Alamosa, Colorado. They said he was a great guy because he added a wicker waste basket to some kind of a break room in the in the office building they were renting. Uh, but the guy shot somebody in the head because he was trying to do more for the George Floyd protest. So I, you know, you could. You can say, yeah, wastebasket's nice, but you have to ask, why wouldn't somebody else have done that in the past? Um, so you have these these people who, that's, and I guess that's the virtue signaling type. So, and then you have the people um, this, in this nasty coalition. They're just they're just trying to break the country because they would rather s- start something else and new. And. Th- the question I always ask is, what do these people, if they really catch up to the car, what are these dogs going to do? Um, what would be left for them to work with? I have no idea what kind of, I, it would probably be a frightening scene if you could get a, a, a glimpse, a vision of what their utopia, what they have in mind for the country would be. Uh, I think some of the things, rather than just complain about um, you know, the hive mind stupid shit that these people are up to on the left. Um, I think I'll, I'll try and offer some kind, some ideas, some, uh, rather than complain about something, maybe some ideas. And I really think there should be a lawyer out there who knows how to wrangle through the system. A lawyer's 
you know, bright and brave enough to charge Democrats with quid pro quo. I think there's a way somebody can do it. Um, because the deal here is that they've been supporting these bail funds for people who are burning down America. Uh, and, uh, you know, not only that, but the, what they had to offer was they were going to clean the criminal records so there weren't, you know, they didn't have any strikes on the record. Um, they're trying to pay people now. The They're trying to pay them in excess of the value they provide to any kind of employers because of low skills, training, education, whatever. Um, they're all paid daycare, extended unemployment benefits, moratorium on foreclosures and evictions, COVID bonuses, big tech and business business donations that they funnel through to them, big tech election interference, and the, 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 the icing. I think the icing that we had was weaponized FBI to take out the, they, they're taking out their common enemies, which are normal people. Uh, and of course there's the business opportunities once they pull the underpinnings out of the free markets and such. Because uh, it really would not be too difficult to, for a lawyer to prove that uh, Jacob Blake in uh, Kenosha last summer had the knife in his hand when he violated the restraining order disobeyed the police uh, and yeah here's one thing the the left will attack every sensible notion um, because they really don't like the fact that police issue verbal commands they're, they're challenging that like why should I why do I as an American have to listen to a police officer that very simple thing is being challenged so the objective of charging these people with quid pro bro, as I call it, it would be um, to draw out the arguments, to see, maybe get some of their thought process out, to see who's uh, engaging in this insane defense of criminality, because this is what it comes down to. They're, they're defending criminality because they're not calling it criminality. They're calling it social justice or whatever. Uh, and, and that's what everything's resting upon. Defense of criminality disguises, disguised as civil rights and social justice issues. Um, and there's a lot of hive mind out there. Um, but they had to keep pretending all through this that any police involved shooting is a travesty of justice and that everything's about race. And we all know that. Uh, but the other big thing is they're going to continue for, uh, ignoring all forms of black crimes, particularly the violent kind. And when they're cornered on a lie, the next excuse is that the crimes probably wouldn't have happened without police provocation. So this is why they're making it almost impossible to engage them fairly because the fallback for them is always something else that's bizarre. And then there's an, like people who have snappy responses to it. And it takes us a little bit of time because we're not used to being attacked for sensible things we don't have we don't have a response uh, so it's, it's kind of tough but the one thing they've really been doing really well is pushing the whole country is built on racist racism narrative uh, so they made it seem like it was wasn't a bad thing that riots are disrupt are disruptive and uh, they're disrupting everyone's normal lives uh, imagine what impact that would have had without this kind of buildup. You know, there's no uh, innocent Americans. What they're, they're, this is their feeble attempt for Marxists to try to claim there are no innocent Americans because everything was built on slavery or race or whatever. And I still think uh, perhaps 
somebody prominent, uh, center, center right, right, should say, yeah, okay, police were started, uh, the, we have police because they were actually supposed to catch runaway slaves. Go with that. Go ahead and play their game. Because if we really wanted a law enforcement body uh, you know, at any level to appease them, um, go ahead and engage in the conversation, engage in the debate, open it up. Because we could restructure the police to best respond to today's needs. And there you would see them scrabble to try to bury the statistics. Because if we had a modernized police force, it would be uh, engineered to stop the problems, reduce the problems or crimes that uh, impact the country the most, the ones that cause the greatest harms. And I don't think they really want that. The it, it, Cracking the shell is what they're up to right now. And I've often wondered if there was a way we could actually uh, get some kind of resolution and closure on the sedition of the FBI, CIA, NSA, State Department. Get that out in the open. Is there a way American Americans could force them to explain how the FBI, which you know, is supposed to investigate crimes, we actually have evidence that they were hiding crimes by one party and pretending like they were crimes committed by another party. And we see the people who are actually doing the work supposed to, you know, be looking for justice, trying to put together cases that uh, the DOJ would prosecute. And they, they're actually talking about the crimes of the people they're protecting and talking about there not being any crimes committed by Republicans in this case. Um, and it was the lawyer who was supposed to make sure that field agents and investigators are working within the letter of the law. And somehow the inspector general is supposed to be able to say he doesn't see any bias. And clearly it's the same two people working together on a number of cases. And that would be bias. I, I just, it's just amazing um, that nobody's tried to get that cleared up because um, I don't know how anybody in their right mind would trust these the intelligence community or the investigative branch, you know, it's just disgusting. And again, you've probably heard me speak about red state, red county secession a few times. And I think just the threat of that, the, I'm sure there's somebody out there brilliant to be able to actually orchestrate how something like that would work because it goes back to that whole distribution uh, concept where we have representation and we pay for, we share the financial burdens and for, for uh, our policies, projects, etc. But because everything was built on racism, we're being told that uh, some people are not entitled to, to benefit from things, but they must pay for uh, advances for others to make things fair. Uh, I don't think that was ever really tried, uh, you know, uh, or, or settled. I think it was just made up, so I think that needs to be argued. Or maybe the breaking this bond, this the symbiotic bond between the Antifa BLM and uh, politicians. Now, one thing's for sure: 
Um, I may mock the FBI for being incompetent. I, I'm more inclined to believe that they're seditious because if they were incompetent, there's no doubt that the uh, inspector general would have suggested some sort of note to the current administration. Hey, you need to clean house over there at the FBI or they're going to goof you up. They're going to jam you up like they did uh, the, the Trump administration. So since they haven't done that, I'm assuming it's sedition and that you know everybody was in on it. But uh, the point is the FBI could have exposed, should have exposed these connections because they're, they have to be fully aware of them. They have the capability to monitor these communications between these groups. So they are covering for this triumvirate kind of thing. And I'm hoping there are some investigative journalists out there working on this because, well, we've seen how bad they've behaved, this glorious FBI of ours. They're part of it. So I, I'd, like, I'd love to see that established, that broken. But I'm not holding my breath. I don't, get, I don't recommend anybody else do that. Anyways, I guess that's all for now. Take care, everybody, and God bless. Mm-hmm.